Hello, welcome back to Nerd Geek Dork, our podcast where we talk about nerdy, geeky, and dorky things. Uh, sorry we were away, we had a bit of a gap there between episodes, uh, for, it's, uh, it's been a few weeks or months, but uh, now we're back and we've got a, 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 an exciting episode, hopefully you find it exciting, uh, and it's about the Sega Dreamcast. Great system, um, basically a pioneer in all forms of modern gaming, graced us with its presence on uh, 9999, the date that will live on in infamy. Uh, gave us two good years of uh, love and uh, gaming magic. From internet support to uh, some of the best fighting games ever. Um, system that will always be treasured. And here to talk with us about the Sega Dreamcast today, we've got uh, Anthony, Elvis, and Steve, who's coming back from the first episode. So uh, let's get into it. Sounds good. So everybody here owned the Dreamcast, right? Yes, indeed. Right. I actually owned two. Oh, nice. The force of me having them, but <laughs> that's Both only white or black and white. <laughs> Both white. The first one, the the drive just shit out on it, so I yeah. enjoyed it so much. I got another one. <laughs> hey, it's a beautiful thing, man. Then you had you know more controllers to use for like Power Stone and other four player games and shit. What, was the black one like officially, or wasn't that just like a sports, like limited edition sports one, or was that actually sold on its um, own? I think both, because uh, uh, they also had a white sports one. That's how I got mine, was a sport package, but it was the, whi- the white one. And then when they did the black one, I was pretty pissed off, because that one's a lot cooler. Would that come with the 2K games? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot which one. Was it one or was it multiple? Like, do they have different packages? It was basketball, football, and I can't remember if baseball was in mine, and I traded it for hockey or it came with <laughs> hockey. I can't remember. Yeah. I didn't, just know I wanted the hockey game. Didn't one come with tennis, too, or I, am I making that up? Uh, Possibly. I know I bought Virtua Tennis afterwards. Yeah, Virtua Tennis yeah. the greatest game ever. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing about uh, 2K hockey I, I believe I've been playing the uh, EA Sports hockey since like the beginning, since like ninety two, ninety three, and um, when it was like NHLPA hockey, two K hockey. I, I those were the only two years when it was better than EA Sports. Yeah, when it was on the Dreamcast, like NHL two K, NHL two K two, like it was so much like far superior than the the EA Sports game, the uh, hockey games. So I will say that about hockey on the Dreamcast. That well, was pretty much across the board for all the sports games. They yeah were better than Madden. It was better than Madden. It was better than all the baseball games. Except the their time. first baseball game, because remember they did the automated fielding, which oh. pissed everyone off. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> well, that was just the dumbest thing ever. You know, with other games too, it wasn't just the sports games. It was just kind of across the board. Dreamcast was doing new, interesting things, and it kind of forced everybody else to kind of step their game up a little bit. And then, of course, they you know, took the brunt for it because they were trying new things, but didn't, uh, you know, it was successful. But then because Sony had its own kind of installed audience, it yeah. was able to just kind of keep doing it and doing it. Well, and also significantly more resources at the time. Like even then Sega was kind of running on shoestring, yeah. you know, budget with a lot of stuff. I, I think- feel like they, they were still suffering from the Saturn 
<laughs> yeah. And the 32X. It pissed off a bunch of people because it was like, you know, the Master System and the Genesis were great. Then it was like Sega CD. It was like, okay. Then the 32X. And then I think they were like 32X CD, right? Weren't there like 32X CD games? Yeah, yeah they had yeah they had like a hybrid thing, yeah. Yeah, but like the, I remember like I think like the same like month or like a few months after the 32X, then the Saturn was released. And it was like, all right, are they like what system are they supporting? And I feel like by the time the Dreamcast came out, people were like, no, nah, I don't know about Sega. Like, people, yeah. I feel like they just lost a lot of their audience. Like People were just, like, weary about them. Well, you're coming at it from a different uh, perspective, different point of view than I am, because you were a Sega loyalist. You were a Sega fan before then, yeah. whereas I was, uh, like, a total Nintendo fanboy, and, and still am to a certain extent. But... Uh, so for me, to go to the Dreamcast was, you know, there was already a barrier there. But I was like, I don't want a Sega system. But uh, it totally won me over. I mean, I don't know if it was, you know, it was kind yeah. of right, right place, right time, or it was just but kind of... I was a Sega person, but I was I didn't win me over until I actually saw games in person. Like, until I actually went to someone's house and saw, like, Crazy Taxi and, mm. you know, Resident Evil Code Veronica. I was like, holy cow, I need this. But, like, I already, like, wrote it off. Like, I was, by that time, I was happy with my N64, and I was just waiting for whatever Nintendo had coming next, which was, I guess, the GameCube. The, what sold me was, was four-player stuff, because we were still playing GoldenEye at the time. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, still we were playing GoldenEye. practically fucking professional at that game. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, once I saw Choo Choo Rocket at my friend's house, it was, like, four players and puzzle. I, like, just my pants and... Gave them yeah. all my money and rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, it was Soul Calibur. Because, I mean, I feel like that was the first game a lot of people saw for it. Like, uh, And me, my, my big thing with Sega was they always made the most faithful fighting game ports. Like, hands down. Yeah. And, I mean, most of my library of Dreamcast games is all fighting games. You know, it's, that's all. Because the PlayStation ones were never up to snuff. I mean, the PlayStation 2 ones, you know, some of them were pretty shitty, too. Yeah, yeah. well, I, I was never a fan of fighting games, really, but I uh, I liked Soul Calibur a lot, and I liked uh, Dead or yeah. Alive 2. Dead or Alive 2 was, it was awesome. It was great. Well, I was religiously playing Marvel vs. Capcom 2 in arcades, like in Chinatown Fair and by my school and stuff. Yes. <laughs> almost every day, like, and once I found out that I could play that at home, I mean, that also sold me, too. Heartbreaker, a few years Hold ago, on. I sold my copy of Marvel vs. Capcom 2 for $75. <laughs> I was really broke. <laughs> I remember the arcade stick being real shitty, though. Oh, yeah, was, yeah. Was... I have two of them, and I had to constantly open them up and like <laughs> put like pieces of paper inside the, the clickers yeah. so it would work still. I would yeah. love to get those working again. Yeah, I eventually just learned how to play on a controller Yeah, because <laughs> I got yeah. sick of it. Which hurt me a little inside as a purist, but <laughs> it was necessary after a while. Get the, the burned-in marks on your thumb from like gripping the little joystick. That's like one big callus right now. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> You brought up Choo Choo Rocket, which is yeah. one of the best games uh, Period, for ever? anything. Yeah, ever. Pretty much. <laughs> but also, it was one of the first games to uh, support online multiplayer, which is like ubiquitous now. But Choo Choo Rocket, like the fact that the Dreamcast yeah. came with a modem, or you could buy the you know the broadband adapter. Yeah. In in 1999, it just seems kind of 
you know, it's too forward looking. That's it's part of, you know, we weren't ready for Dreamcast. Well, that was the thing. Like that was my first introduction to online gaming was Shoot Your Rocket, and then it was Fantasy Star Online after that. I was sad I missed the boat on that. Oh my! Like (laughs) we had the fucking keyboard that you plugged into your Dreamcast. It was like like, revolutionary for us. Me, my friend Quentin, and Masao all failed a whole semester of high school classes because, like, literally, just stayed up all night playing that game, and it was a real shitty game too. Like, don't get me wrong, like, <laughs> I love the Dreamcast, but that game was fucking horrible. You, it was just, there was, all it was about was getting loot and fighting in the same three stages over and over again, but there was no way to trade loot other than dropping it on the ground from across the room from somebody, and then running, and hoping that they don't run back and pick it up and grab yours too. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. all honor system that never worked, and, uh Literally God. the same three levels over and over again, but it, somehow that was completely, it was, it was crack at the time. Oh, it, it was, was fantastic because you could type shit to your friends. Yeah. That's all it really took. I, uh, my roommate at the time, he was so, that was the, kind of the, the hint of what was, because eventually he would become addicted to WoW. Um, and you saw it in, in Fantasy Star Online because he got so addicted that one day I, you know, got up, went to work, said, uh, you know, all right, see you later. I go, worked a full day, come back, and he's in the exact same position up, up <laughs> on top of it. We had a little kind of PSO lounge, like just a little Dreamcast hooked up to a little TV on top of, uh, on top of another, like the roof of another room that was just basically dedicated to playing Fantasy Star. And he was literally just in the exact same position after I had worked a full day. And I was like, all right. It's <laughs> so crazy. The, the other crazy thing, it's just on a whole other tangent, that's the last game I used a game genie for <laughs> wow there was a yeah. game genie for dreamcast yeah there was you like plugged it into the vmu port and then loaded it up on the cd and you could like load codes and i had the code for instantly get any character to max level in fanny star with all the items so i was playing like <laughs> a max level robot with like an ultimate sniper rifle and knuckles fists Wow. <laughs> and you could do that with any character. And it kind of made the game dumb once I realized that. But well, it, it, it kind of revealed helped. that the game was dumb. It was already dumb. Well, it helped wean me off of it because it was all about like this infinite struggle for loot and gaining levels that really didn't actually do anything. But when you had all that to you instantly, it kind of made the game pointless. My addiction for, for many, many months was uh, Tokyo Extreme Racer 2. I don't know if any of you guys played it, but you'd basically drive around the streets of Tokyo and like you'd see a car from like a rival gang and you'd flash your your high beams at them to race. And then you just race through the city and you try to beat them. You get money. You can win their cars and all this stuff. But I would drive for hours at a time at night, every night. And I felt like I was really there and uh, <laughs> kind of destroyed my social life because I was busy, you know, on the streets of Tokyo. I played that game a couple of times and hated it because I didn't understand. I didn't read the instructions, didn't bother to read up on it. So uh, I didn't know about the flashing your brights thing. So I was <laughs> driving around for like an hour and nobody challenged me to race and I didn't challenge anybody to race. So it was just like a bad driving simulator. The, the other driving game that got me right after Fantasy Star was Rush. And oh, I don't, wow. Any, like it had a multiplayer like battle kind of thing that was like a cross between Twisted Metal and Mario Kart 
And it was actually really cool because the car physics in it actually made being able to like do handbrake turns and things real important, like spinning around and blowing people up and then spinning back around and going. And that game got pretty absurd too in was terms of one- time spent playing. <laughs> Where you could get like wings on the car and like yeah. glide down and stuff. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Like that's how you showed off. That's how you pimped during races. Like if you played a race mode, anytime you jumped, if you were way better at the game than other people, you did spins with your oh, wings right. and landed and proceeded. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the only car game. The only car games that I uh, I really needed was Crazy Taxi and Crazy Taxi Two. Like that. That's all that I needed. And like I remember <laughs> they, they came out with like a truck one. It was like. American Pro Trucker or something. Oh, oh yes. yeah, I remember that. It should be the, almost the same idea, but it was awful. It was because the truck was just clumsy, and it, I think it would like flip over. I don't. know. It was just it was, there was an arcade version of that too. Yeah, I feel like yeah, arcade. it was a pain in the ass driving a truck. <laughs> like, yeah. It was fun. There's a truck simulator that made everybody realize that they didn't want to be truck drivers. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to be a long haul trucker for a little while. Not anymore. After that, I was like, I would be dead in a ditch or bored out of my mind. <laughs> One or the other. I was kind of afraid to tell everybody too, but uh, Fantasy Star Online Two is is coming out soon. Shut for, the uh, fuck up. Yeah, no, for uh, for like iPhone and Android, I think. God damn it. Yeah. So yes. we're all gonna die. You're I can't. I can't person. do these things, man. You're just a horrible person for telling I, me that. that. Stuff like that ruins my life. Well, someone was telling me the other day that the the old iPhone, the first one, has like the same specs as like the Dreamcast. Like you could play a Dreamcast game on your freaking iPhone. Oh yeah, I'm yeah. sure. It's, it's, I wouldn't mind playing Gigawing two on my on an iPhone one. <laughs> Gigawing two is still one of the prettiest games ever made, if you ask me. Was it's that a, the, no? What was the oh Pilot Wings was the game that I had. The, uh, oh, this for Nintendo though. Yeah. Was it? No, yeah. what, what's the one? Propeller was, Arena. What's that? Propeller Arena. Propeller Arena. Thank you. <laughs> Wait, was that that wasn't the one that they they discontinued, right? That I, was the one. I think they were going to release, but then like nine eleven happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah, people oh, were going to right. Uh, so I guess I played that uh, as a burnt copy, which. Another great thing about the Dreamcast. But is it a, is it a great thing about the Dreamcast? But it's also part of what killed the Dreamcast. Also <laughs> true. Yes. I, I sad to say most of the games I own for Dreamcast now are burnt. I think I got rid of most of my real ones. <laughs> a lot of a lot of my fighting games are burnt because they're Japanese imports. So I had the burn discs along with that boot thing that you put in your VMU. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's okay. why I wasn't surprised when Elvis said he uh, had the Game Genie for it because the game Shark I think was like another Game Genie kind of thing that. Oh, maybe yeah, it was a that's game the one chart. I had. Yeah, I had yeah, the game that's what chart. I had. Yeah, okay, and I did have that. That would let you boot up uh, Japanese games or yeah. you know, European games if you wanted to. Yeah, um, yeah, I remember the shitty looking shark that looked like the Greg Norman shark. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that shark was badass, man. <laughs> that was poor. I just no. picture that <laughs> on the cover of a battered cardboard sleeve that it came in. Yeah, that was just exactly. Yeah. Shot to hell from being used to play everything. That one's still at my mom's apartment. Gonna have to grab that. <laughs> So for anybody listening who didn't uh, not aware of the problem, is that dream, <laughs> the problem slash best thing ever? That uh, Dreamcast game there was a because Dreamcast was based on Windows CE basically there was a kind of greatest uh, operating system ever. There was a loophole basically that you could easily ha- uh, hack it to play burnt games, and uh, you could just download games. There was a lot of bootlegging going on, but there was also a lot of you know legitimate. 
well, semi-legitimate, you know, import purchases and emulation, which was the big, yeah. huge thing. Like a first, you know, to be able to play Nintendo games, NES games on a new console was the first time that uh, most of us had seen that, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I had a Genesis ROM CD with like 250 games on it. And yeah. Yeah, but with, didn't... Would you have the problem where some of the games would just crash instantly? Like, you could never get a disc where all the games worked? I I think there were maybe, like, 20 or so that didn't work on mine. Like, over the yeah, course of so playing weird. a couple hundred of them. Like, but it, the vast majority of them worked perfectly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was That's always just nature. some that you really wanted to play that just wouldn't be working. Yeah. That's the nature of ROMs, though. Like, they, they never work with, you know, even just if you download an emulator and and you just get a whole bunch of ROMs. There's always a few that just won't load. Yeah. Like on any system. So they need to start working on new systems and perfect ROM technology. <laughs> the Space Snake. <laughs> but yeah, on that Sega ROM I played Kid Chameleon. Oh man. Just just an absurd amount. Like just the fucking hardest game ever made. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, I don't know, man. DJ Boy. Still one of the hardest games ever for but, the Genesis. Oh the, the thing oh, was oh. <laughs> like Kid Chameleon had 200 levels and no saves. <laughs> so you look, could look, be even, playing but, for a day and get up to level 115 and die. Like, <laughs> even even with a game genie having codes for invincibility in DJ Boy, I still almost threw my controller <laughs> through the TV like eight times. Uh, I broke a controller. Wait, <laughs> I, I at least broke three Dreamcast controllers. Because <laughs> it was real easy to grip and just pound into the ground. Because like, you could just grab it with one hand right around that edge and real, really beat on it hard. I used to always get tangled on the wire because the wire comes out of the front. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, like I don't know why, like I would end up stepping on the wire or something. Yeah, that didn't make any sense why it did that. I tried to always convince my friends that it was a good idea because I love my Dreamcast so much, even though deep down inside I knew there was absolutely no fucking reason for that thing to be coming out <laughs> of the front of the controller. <laughs> but it almost seems like an anomaly, like looking back, that you know the all the things, the, the ways that Dreamcast was ahead of its time, it almost... You know, if I go back and think about it, like it seems like it was wireless for some reason. Like it should, <laughs> it should just be because it had online play and it, it had all you know the, all this other great stuff going on. It just seems like yeah, it was wireless. See from the future. I agree with you completely, though, Pete. That it really was like from the future. It was so ill-conceived in so many ways and so far ahead in so many different ways that it really was like a terrible sci-fi book yeah. like there's yeah. just random ideas that people threw in there just because it was different yeah they did a lot of different for, it, for it they did seaman <laughs> yeah seaman <laughs> no no don't make fun of seaman no i'm saying <laughs> I'm not making, it was just no so man it was fun it was i'm just saying that's one of those things that people were just like what the hell Working at, you know, as I said, working at Forbidden Planet at the time, and we were selling the Dreamcast. We were all excited about it. We loved it, but yeah. it Seaman was kind of a hard sell because it, it's hard to explain. Nimoy, though you couldn't just say Leonard Nimoy, and they would they wouldn't buy it. I mean, at a comic <laughs> store, not yeah. everyone's that cool. Yeah, it, it worked for some people, obviously. Yeah. I'm like, you're a fish, and Leonard Nimoy talks to you. Wasn't there a voice? Yeah, there was a microphone. Yeah, a microphone attachment where you could talk to your seaman. And it would, it yeah. would ask you questions and then remember. Like, it would be like, what do you do for a living? And then, like, it would actually, like, talk to you about that. 
I remember it, I, it asked me what, what month I was born in, and I told them, and it started talking about January. Like, it had, like, information. Huh. Like, I don't know, it was just weird. Just artificial intelligence. Yeah, it was, it was again, ahead of its time. Yeah, but it was always a jerk, though. It would tell dirty jokes, and, like, it would do, it would be like, I'm going to take a C-dump. And, like, it would be like, <laughs> where did it even get this vernacular? It's living in a tank. <laughs> Something was lost in Japanese translation, I think, there. Yeah. Speaking of the microphone <laughs> attachment, that brings me back to Alien Front Online. I'm going to keep talking about it because I played it, I think, three times. But it was. Yeah, you did talk about that game. Yeah, I, I, it was fascinating because it was like, uh, it, it was almost like, you know, the way that, uh, you know, the Halo multiplayer kind of, uh, that whole situation where people uh -huh. play online and it's just, you know, just kind of a sci fi shooter where people can, you know, just run around shouting at each other and, and shooting stuff. That's what Alien Front Online was, except it came out six months after they canceled Dreamcast. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, we don't support Dreamcast anymore. And then six months later, Alien Front Online Online came out. And then, like, I think like a month or two after Alien Front Online came out, they uh, Sega Net stopped being free. Ah. So they're like, all right, now everybody has to pay. And so that, that just killed it. But for, for like a few weeks, there were, it, was, it was basically a lot like like Halo, where you could, if you had the microphone attachment from Seaman, which a lot of us did, uh, you could you could just play this, you know, kind of multiplayer sci-fi shooter thing and talk to your friends, like shout at your friends while you were running around shooting stuff. I'm glad so, I didn't know about did, that. Did it have a single player? I mean, like, did it did? People... Okay, but a, a lot like, I mean, the way I, you know, I don't like the single player of Halo. It was a similar thing where it was like kind of, you know, most An of afterthought. the, yeah. <laughs> You could play it single player, but the real the, the beauty of it, you know, it's called Alien Front Online, which is they're they're intending you to play it online. Can we talk <laughs> about the VMU for a second and how nothing supported it? How yeah. it could have been really really cool, and all I remember doing is getting random loot for Skies of Arcadia on it. Yeah. Wow, Skies of Arcadia. <laughs> yeah, that's all I remember doing. I remember having it in when I played Sonic uh, Adventure, and it's like, oh, you got that little creature, and I remember it Chowza. popping up on my VMU, but I didn't know what to do with it. Yeah, the, the Wii was it a Tamagotchi? was trying to do what the VMU started. See, again, that was them being kind of too forward-thinking, that they're, you know, they were trying to do stuff uh, and failing. That developers weren't even ready for. They were like, we, right. we don't know what to do with this thing. <laughs> that now, you know, 13 years later, then, you know, Nintendo's like, oh, you know, it'd be cool if you could do, uh, you know, if you could have a little game thing in your controller. Skies of Arcadia was awesome, though, because it was totally like Sega's answer to like Zelda. But like, I don't know what happened. They just, they just, did they just kill that series? I mean, that, that could have been a big franchise. It was an amazing game, yeah. And there was like a lot of continuity built into it too that they could have built off of and nothing ever came of it. Yeah, I don't know if that was just a, a casualty of them, you know, kind of cutting back, cutting their losses after they, because I think they took a, a beating on uh, the whole Dreamcast project. It kind of oh, yeah. crippled Sega in a lot yeah, of yeah. ways. After yeah. that, they totally yeah. came, they were like, yeah, we're good. Well, <laughs> it's the weird thing because it was really successful when it came out. It uh -huh. was, you know, when it first well, came out, it, it was... Because it jump-started everything. Like, it came yeah. out before everything else, so they had that edge. And then stupid PS2, which I, I... To this day, I have kind of ill will towards PS2. Especially, like, once... It, you know, when it came out, PS2 had, had the worst launch games. It had, you know, <laughs> Fantavision and, and just these 
awful launch games, but it was outselling the Dreamcast, which had already kind of built up ahead of Steam and had this these really interesting, amazing games. But everybody was like, well, it plays DVDs and it plays my old PlayStation games. Yeah, so, the backwards compatibility yeah. was really what, and the DVD, that was what sold it. Yeah. It's true. They should have built a, a uh, Genesis cartridge reader on the, the uh, Dreamcast. <laughs> oh, that would be great. Or even just let it play Saturn games. I would love to play Knights on my Dreamcast. Kind of good thing, bad thing with the Dreamcast is that they had all this weird stuff that required special controllers. Samba de Amigo? Yeah. Which oh, yeah. Another, Samba de Amigo is kind of a, a unique case because there weren't a lot of other things that used the maracas, although it was fun to use the maracas. In Mexico, there were tons of games that used the maracas. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun to use the maracas for things they weren't intended for. <laughs> Which I, I, if any of you still have, uh, you know, if you have your Dreamcast hookup and if you have Samba de Amigo maracas, try to use them for, you know, Dead or Alive 2 or, or <laughs> something like that. It's, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. There was a, um, the uh, keyboard was um, awesome with Typing of the Dead. I don't know if any of you. Oh, Typing of the Dead is one of the greatest things yeah. ever. It was just a brilliant concept. Like, let's just take House of the Dead and just give them keyboards, and you have to type words, and it was just amazing. Yeah, I I, I bring that up. I reference typing the dead from time to time because it's it, it's pretty ridiculous and hard to believe. Except it's <laughs> it's amazing that it's just it's a zombie shooting game. Except instead of shooting, you have to type words. Yeah, they need to use that in schools. Like that would get yeah. kids more into typing. I think that was the idea. That was the, the they were like, oh, it's edutainment. Edutainment. Yeah, that's a word. It's educational entertainment. Oh, no, I thought you said edge, like edgy. No, no. <laughs> it's edutainment. Space Channel 5 was, was another uh, ridiculous, interesting concept that, you know, them kind of overreaching. Yeah, ooh la la. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I mean, dance games now, it's just like, oh, yeah, dance games. But at the time, it was like, wait, it's a game where you dance? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, how, right. how do I shoot? No. <laughs> chew, chew, chew. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they really bit the bullet for a lot of these future games. Like, the yeah. trail is a lot more than I ever realized until yeah. now. I mean, Samba de Amigo is the, you know, kind of music rhythm game. The you know, Space Channel 5 was the, you know, the dance kind of rhythm game. Uh, Jet Set Radio was cell shading, introduced cell shading to everybody. Like, now yeah. there's like cell shading, yeah. you know, in everything. You know, the virtual pet thing, I think, had been done. You know, it hadn't been done on a console. It had been done with Tamagotchi and stuff like that. But, you yeah. know, Seaman kind of introduced that to, to the console world. Multiplayer online, as, as we yeah. discussed. Uh, there's so much that it was just kind of way ahead of its time. And everybody was like, what? What do I do with this? <laughs> yeah, Fantasy Star Online was like the marijuana of MMOs. That's like true. Everyone the gateway was drug. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I immediately went into that, into EverQuest, and then EverQuest into WoW. And... <laughs> then, then I was 25 years old. <laughs> Suddenly. You just open your eyes one day. You're like, oh, like, oh wait, I'm 25 now. <laughs> yeah. See, I've, I've managed happened? to be successful in staying away from all those games. I had a friend who's for years is like, I'll, 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 get, I'll buy your account. I'll, I'll pay for you to play WoW. I'm like, no, because I know I'm going to get really into it and I'm not going to have a life. Like, I'm going to lose my job. I'm going to not go out. I'm just going to be on my computer all day. Not to be a pusher, but uh, Fantasy Star Online 2 is going to be free to play. So I'm going to download it to your phone while you're not looking. (laughs) You did. Did you play uh, Rival Schools? Yeah, I was just wondering, was that... I couldn't remember if that was Dreamcast or Saturn. That was definitely Dreamcast. Oh, that game was awesome. 
<laughs> that game was uh, like that. That was like multi-person. Did that come out before? No, I guess Marvel vs. Capcom came out before that. Um, did it? Maybe. I don't know, but it had like that same like multi. Oh, I guess King of Fighters did it before them anyway. Like multi-person teams where you switched in and out between rounds. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wait, are you sure that was a Dreamcast game? Because I was looking for it earlier and I couldn't find it as a Dreamcast game. No, I'm positive it is. Let's see. Let's see. I don't see it anywhere. I just see it as arcade and PlayStation. R trigger was dodge and left was grab. Yeah, no. I I I, oh, I I can reflexively do the combos like on That's a so Dreamcast controller in my mind right now. So <laughs> is there, I'm was there like a burn copy or like a import? Because I'm looking it up now. Because I was looking up about the it's game. Called, um, the U.S. version was called Project Justice. Ah. Oh, that could be why. Because yeah, I was looking it up. I was like, I remember playing it, but yep, Project Justice. <laughs> Rival Schools was great though. <laughs> that whole series was awesome. Oh, maybe Rival Schools was the first one, and Project Justice was the sequel. Yeah, that's what that's I have it listed as here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember near the end of the Dreamcast, there was Bleem? Bleem was a was a PlayStation emulator for Dreamcast that would upscale and and kind of you know smooth the graphics on PlayStation games, so they would look better on a Dreamcast than they would on a PS2. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think the only game that I they actually touted as doing anything was like Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, they came out. They they had grand plans and then they realized that they couldn't do everything they wanted to do so they came out with i think like two or three i think gran turismo uh metal gear and there was one or two more that they they came out with specific kind of bleem packs or gran turismo came out for the dreamcast what's that wait gran turismo came out for the dreamcast no no, no he's talking with the emulator yeah oh, okay i'm sorry i just got really confused there's bleem was you know this kind of fly-by-night company that made uh this disc that would let you play PlayStation games on on Dreamcast. That was their 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 whole gig, and they were avoiding lawsuits their whole time. And then finally, just when it looked like they might, you know, succeed, uh, Dreamcast pulled the plug. So mm. I think that would have been more successful if it was almost kind of two different audiences. You know, the Dreamcast people were kind of more into the you know goofy, fun, different games. Yeah. And then the the games that they picked to do in their first batch of emulators were just kind of the more I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Gran Turismo or Metal Gear Solid, but like they were just kind of the standard, you know, gamer games. Did any of you guys actually enjoy Shenmue? No. no. Because <laughs> <laughs> there was so much hype behind it, and it really was not good. I think yeah, it was I because of the controls. <laughs> I remember thinking the controls were very difficult. Yeah. Like, it was just hard to just walk around. Or open a drawer. <laughs> <laughs> or use about a, it was real clunky or use a, <laughs> I was gonna say use a uh, like a quarter machine to get a plastic toy <laughs> yeah that at the time that was super hyped because it was the most expensive video game ever up, yeah. up, up to that time like a cinematic experience yeah something. they actually released the uh, just the cutscenes from that they released it in theaters in Japan they just <laughs> strung all the cutscenes together and released it as a movie theatrically and, but even uh, that was a precursor to all those kinds of game, cinematic games like that. Oh, you got me the second one. I remember like that was only re- that wasn't even released in North America. Oh yeah. Well, that was the the benefits of working at Forbidden Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I could get things that don't exist, <laughs> like Propeller Arena. It was a cool <laughs> game though because it was open world, you know. And I I still to this day love open world games more than anything else. Yeah, I mean that was again. 
precursor to you know the type of games that are popular now you know the, the... Uh, i was always like a track that i always i mean it was it was a hard game for me to play for some strange reasons i just could not figure out the controls but mm -hmm. um i always i i played a lot of it it was just i don't know i was just i was so attracted to that that environment i mean there was really nothing like it up until that point so the idea of being able to just go anywhere in a game is novel in and of itself like that's that's sold a lot of dreamcast games was just the novelty of them like yeah. i said about fantasy star the fucking game sucked but <laughs> but you can play online against playing your online i mean with your friends. amazing in and of itself yeah i mean that's the uh, maybe it's is it a novelty system is that the problem is that it might be it? yeah it might it might be I mean that, but that's the type of stuff that I enjoy. So that's forward thinking. Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, all the bells and whistles, but maybe lacking. No, because I I don't want to say lacking substance. Because again, we're still playing these games. You know, I still play Choo Choo Rocket on my phone all the time. Oh yeah, and they definitely were some like home runs in 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 the mix of all those. But they were definitely. I still think by that time a lot of people just gave up on Sega. I really do. I, I it sounds silly, but they just they released way too many games in the early '90s and game systems in the early '90s. And by the time the Dreamcast came out, people like they were just like, "Ah, I'm gonna wait for the PS2." Yeah, just kind of fed up with what they I, were. I think so. I don't. I, I just. I mean, my my personal experience. That's how I felt until I was. Till someone actually sat me down and was like, "Check out these games! Holy cow, this is amazing!" And like, we went to you know some game store in Flushing, and I bought a Dreamcast, but uh, I still have it and I love it. That's yeah, the same thing that happened to me. My friend was like a big Sonic fanboy, and I was like, "Ah, I don't, I don't want to deal with that crap." And then he brought me over and showed me Choo Choo Rocket, and <laughs> that was the end of the story. Well, <laughs> my my favorite Dreamcast story has to do with uh, just the whole. Uh, the fact that it was so easy to like pirate games for it, like the whole echelon thing, like like they that? were. Uh, I feel like it was like the the group that was always like uh, putting out the pirated games that you oh, could oh. put on your Dreamcast. Well, when Dreamcast was going under, I remember reading about this somewhere. Uh, the Sega Smash Pack Volume One was like one of the last games that they ever put out for the Dreamcast. You know, it had like old school Sega games and everything. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. But the thing about that game is that they used it to modify. Instead of just pirating it, they modified it so that you could play, like, tons of games. I don't know if it was, like, they modded it on there or if it was just, like, something about like that game. Like a disc or something? Yeah. yeah, and the thing was that the game had a hidden text file in it from the lead developer that was instructions. Like, it, it, it was labeled Echelon. <laughs> like, it was a gift to them because the Dreamcast was going under and had all these freaking, all these instructions. And then oh. it, it's like, it's they like, give out. your thanks to Uncle Sonic. So basically, <laughs> it was an emulator and they figured out how to point the emulator to, like, a folder with ROMs. Yeah. But, yeah. they didn't, but they didn't have to figure it out because apparently there were instructions left. <laughs> yeah. And this guy, this guy, the guy who did it, he was like the, the main developer of the game. But he's also now, hold on, let me look this up. He's also now the director of technology over at Capcom. Nice. Yeah. There's still, apparently, I, I read this today, there's still a Dreamcast community. There's still people who run servers. So you can play online games. You can play Choo Choo Rocket. You can play Fantasy Star Online against oh, people. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. People just run their own servers, and have, you just have to kind of direct it to those uh, nice. those homebrew servers. Rather, and people still make homebrew games. People still make emulators. 
for the Dreamcast. You know, what other system has that kind of loyal? You know, nobody's making, nobody's still playing. You know, PS One games and you know, cracking like PS One. Some, pe- some people still make. I feel like some people still actually make Nintendo games. Yeah. Well, now because yeah, emulation has gotten. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but there's there's one guy who actually programs them onto cartridges. Actually, like he's made a game that he like programs into cartridges, and I think that's pretty cool. Like. Yeah. Atari Twenty Six Hundred has a community like that too, where they they actually put them on cartridges. Yeah, we can make a game with toothpaste for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred. I think the Genesis community in Brazil is still active as well. Really, that's awesome. But they're like way behind, you know, the U.S. and Japan as far as getting game systems and whatnot. Yeah, that, that's the current system there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're excited, waiting for the Dreamcast to come out. Yeah. Was there a rumble pack or anything for the for the Dreamcast? Did they introduce kind of that force feedback stuff, or was that? No, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they definitely. Yeah. What used it? I don't remember uh, having that. I think um, I'm looking at the manual for a Space Channel. Space Channel used it. Oh yeah. Hmm. They did everything. They really did. <laughs> they did. They were first. It's like they got to the moon but forgot to bring their spacesuit. <laughs> they just showed up and died from lack of oxygen, but they were there again. <laughs> Basically, the Dreamcast controller, even the size of the thing is small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the extra um, analog stick, which pretty much makes it. I mean, I actually hate the layout for the uh, for the PS2 or PS3 controllers, but alternating the, the thumbsticks like that, that's all Dreamcast legacy as far as I'm concerned. And the triggers. Yeah. So There's a lot of, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just because it was... It was an easy flow from one to the other because of you know Windows CE and all that. But there was a lot of Dreamcast in Xbox, I think, because again, like I, the way I was resistant to uh, Dreamcast at first because I was Nintendo fanboy and it was like here's this new weird system. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I was extra resistant to Xbox because not only was it a new weird system, but it was Microsoft. And uh, but then it, there was a lot of kind of look and feel overlap between the two which somebody it was probably you anthony pointed that out to me at the time they're like yeah xbox is kind of cool it's, it's almost like dreamcast because like the controllers were similar there was some uh they did a little bit of kind of weird in the first you know uh the first batch of xbox games yeah D- dreamcast was the one the first one to do pressure sensitive buttons too with the triggers right uh did they yeah, I can't think of anybody before that. Well, did, no, PlayStation 1, they released later on. They did the analog one. Oh, right. Yeah, but not yeah, that before Dreamcast, though, right? I, I think they did. I think they did. Because I think it came out around the same time as Metal Gear uh, Solid. No, I think was that. I think it was after PS2, right? Because PS2 had the... That was the big one of the big selling points for the Was Nerds, that it was, had, like... Yeah, it had the kind of the DualShock analog controllers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought I thought PlayStation One when they made those those secondary analog controllers, they had introduced it. I can't remember. I I could be wrong, but I think that was afterwards. Okay. Yeah. I that's all I was thinking. Of. We'll have to look that up and yeah. Fix what it about um, right. Star Wars games on the Dreamcast? I mean, I I remember they came out with the uh, the Pod Racer, 
one, but they and I know they had like some shitty like battle one. Jedi power battles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which I used to call Jedi shower battles. <laughs> Which is a different game altogether. Um <laughs> That's only in Japan. <laughs> the uh Yeah, I think there there was they did come out with episode one racer, but it was kind of after the sixty four one was already yeah. entrenched in our hearts. Oh, one mm-hmm. more for the list. Uh, Star Wars Demolition for Dreamcasts. What is that? Total what? vehicular carnage in a galaxy far, far away. Uh, wow. Wow. That might be another eBay purchase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably just like Twisted Metal, but with like Star Wars vehicles. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that, that works. Video games are due for another renaissance like that, though. Things have gotten fairly stale recently that somebody needs to try and... Oh, yeah. Lose money and make oh things, definitely take things to the next level. Pete, am I saying that wrong? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. That could be amazing. Hopefully, I, hopefully it gets the support it deserves in terms of developers. Yeah, the concept's amazing because I mean, if you think about it, like I play the Xbox 360 exclusively, but I just you know to to go out and spend sixty dollars on a game that I've never played before, I'm just like. Following a review on IGN or something, and it just—it's—it's it's crazy. Like I, I love the concept of you know, like you just play a demo. I don't care how long the demo is, if it's two minutes long, five minutes, ten minutes, but like I just love that whole concept. And if you love the game, then you buy it. Yeah, yeah. Well, that could be you know, again, Dreamcast could be ahead of its uh, ahead of its time because everybody will be downloading games, for the, uh, except this time they'll be in on it. Yeah. <laughs> as, as opposed to fighting it and losing money yeah. on it. Very true. All right, so that was it about Sega Dreamcast. We had uh, a lot of interesting stuff to say. Everybody loved it, but uh, it was a little bit ahead of its time. Yeah, I want to go and play right now, actually, talking about all that stuff. Too bad I sold mine. Oof, mine is at my mom's, like I said, so I need to go pick it up. Uh, So we want to thank, again, uh, Anthony, Elvis, and Steve for hanging out, talking with us, and uh, we'll be back in... Hopefully the the gap between episodes is less than a few months this time, but uh, we'll be back shortly in a week or two with an episode about James Bond. Ah, that groovy detective. Well, not a detective. You know what I'm talking about. Secret agent. Exactly. All right, so we'll see you then.
Really, Yoda RPG.